0: Hello, my friends, this is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your family, you are doing well. We are at home and we are also doing very well, just waiting for this lockdown. Uh, well, it's no longer a lockdown, but you know, all the restrictions, the travel restrictions to end. Uh, I just uh, am waiting for Africa to open up and uh, right now I can't even fly there because the airports are closed. There's no flights in and out. So I'm just waiting for these things to open up so that we can continue with our gospel crusades because we really, um, you know, time is short and we want to reach as many of the lost people as possible with the gospel while we have. Time before Jesus returns, and 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 the worst thing about this pandemic is that it has it has hindered us from preaching the gospel the way we are used to, and we want to get back on the field again. So, please do keep us in prayer, and uh, we really want the doors to open. But at the same time, I must say that uh, you know when I came home from Australia three and a half months ago, and I was thinking. Oh, we are under lockdown. What am I going to do? And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, just begin to teach people. You taught Bible college. And then, you know, I remember that in the early eighties, I used to teach, uh, in a Bible college. I taught there for four years. And that was one of the, uh, great joys of my life to be able to do that. Teach my students every day. We had up to a thousand students, uh, in that Bible college. And, uh, and we had, and many of my students are in the ministry today, God is using them. And so uh, it was a delight to teach those subjects. So what I thought, well, I'm home. So this is what I'm going to do. So I, uh, I remember I took on my old notes. I mean, that was from 38 years ago, took on my, no, 37 years ago, took on my old notes and I redid those notes uh, on one subject. And then uh, I began to teach that. I began to teach on the realities of redemption, that is the power of the new birth, what God what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. And then I began to talk about healings and, and healing and, and just went on and on. I talked about the ministry of Jesus uh, in the Gospels, then the ministry of the apostles in the book of Acts, and then... I went on to how we can minister to the sick, and you know, it was interesting. Then, handily, you know, we we actually dealt with questions and what 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 about people uh, who don't get healed? What about them? And you know, things like that. So uh, it was interesting. By the time I was finished with that subject, realities of redemption, I had gone thirty-seven sessions, thirty-seven lessons like this. And I thought, wow. And so then I began to teach on, uh, I think it was the Holy Spirit and his gifts. And I did 16 lessons on that and and so on and so forth. And now we are talking about the, you know, about the power of the blood. Then, of course, we talked about the, our authority and our position in Christ. And I believe that was 29 lessons. <laughs> and so, uh, so <clears throat> I'm sorry, we are doing this and we are well over a hundred lessons now. And so, then I realized I'm going to do some more subjects. I'm going to do the blood covenant after this. So uh, this, and these are like Bible courses, you know, Bible school courses. So it's important if you really want to study uh, uh, and and get an understanding of the Word of God, go to our YouTube channel, Dynamis World Ministries, D-Y-N-A-M-I-S, Dynamis World Ministries. And just go through those videos. Listen to those videos in sequence. If you if you really uh, start with the first subject, uh, the realities of redemption, start in video number one, two, three, four, because each one builds on the other. And then you will really, really learn something. And you will be. I believe that if you listen to those and uh, watch those and take notes, soon you will be in a position to teach others. You can teach these subjects and teach Bible lessons. To others because there's a uh, and it's going to benefit a lot of people believe me if you can teach people these things it'll benefit uh, a lot of people because these days uh, i mean people you don't hear people talking much teaching much on faith and healing and you know and miracles and these things are important so it's good if you can study these things because it'll equip you spiritually to do the works of god and it'll also help you to equip others second timothy 2 2 Paul said to Timothy, he said, and the things that you have learned of me in the presence of many witnesses, teach these two faithful men who will teach others also. So Paul was thinking four generations himself and Timothy and the ones Timothy who would uh, who who Timothy would teach and the ones who would be taught by the people who Timothy taught. So we have to think like this, uh, the word of God uh, and, you know, and the teachings of the gospel teachings of the Word of God has have to be passed on uh, and so you know it 's an important thing that 's how how we perpetuate and we pass on the truths of the Word of God to other people so um, you know we are going to continue to do this, continue to do different subjects and and i 'm not going to touch subjects where that i'm not good at, for example, someone said, "Teach on end times I said, you know what i 'm not the end times guy, find somebody else to talk about the end times, but I'm going to talk about what I do know. And so I study the scriptures and prepare these lessons and I teach them. And um, it is a blessing to be able to do so. So that is one good thing that has uh, come out of this pandemic, this lockdown situation. But anyway, let's go to uh, point number 12. We are talking about the power of the blood of Jesus. And my point is the blood of Jesus gives us fellowship with God. The blood of Jesus gives us fellowship with God. In Hebrews 10 verses 19 to 22, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Praise God. So, it says here, I'm sorry, this air conditioning makes me um, want to cough. And uh, if I don't have the air conditioning, I'll sweat. So, (laughs) I prefer to cough rather than to sweat. But anyway... um, So it says, having brethren, uh, therefore brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So the first thing it says here. It says we have the boldness to enter the holiest place by the blood of Jesus. Now, you know, the temple in Jerusalem, uh, you had an outer court to which everybody was welcome. And then you had the the inner area and then you had the holy place. Then you had the holiest of holies. And uh, the holiest of holies, (coughs) that's where they kept the Ark of the Covenant. And that was the place which was... uh, Uh, which was the place uh, only the high high priest could enter that once a year. Nobody else was permitted to enter the holiest of holies uh, except the high priest and he entered only once a year and that's when he entered to make atonement for the sins of the people. And I think I mentioned to you teaching another subject that uh, when the high priest would enter into the holiest of holies, what he would do is that uh, you know uh, he would take the uh, you know he would take the sacrificial blood on you know uh, and and then then he would uh, the blood would be on his fingers and then what they used to do they used to tie a rope to his ankle and uh, and then he would enter and all the people were waiting they would make the sacrifice and you know with burnt offering they'd make all you know go through all the there are certain protocols to observe when you come in the presence of God, when you come to God, because God is a holy God and we must honor God. Remember that when you go to church next time, you when you go to church, uh, you should be, you go there to honor God, but God doesn't live in a church because the church is not the temple. We are the temple. So we should live our lives to honor God 24 seven, wherever we are but especially in a place where we congregate to worship together as a body and a church is such a place it is very important that we, um, that we treat. Uh, that's what makes the church building special. It's not a temple like in Jerusalem. It's not that God lives exclusively there but it, it's a place of worship and where the congregation comes together to worship and, and it's a building dedicated to the worship of God. And uh, that's very important. You know, I was very, very disturbed the other day when uh, when uh, uh, the president of the United States was invited to speak in a mega church and he went there and he spent the whole time, uh, you know, he, he didn't glorify Jesus. He spent the whole time talking about his own accomplishments and basically belittling his opponents and insulting them, and the people were cheering and clapping. And the Lord said to me, "I'm not pleased with these things because a church, uh, a church building, is built by the sacrifices of God's people, uh, and it's built for the exclusive use of the worship of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we should never lose sight of that because when you make it into a place of, uh, uh, you know, where uh, when you invite." Uh, politicians to come in and it's not about the glory of Jesus. It's like you turn a house of prayer into a den of thieves where, where people uh, buy and sell. You know, that's what it becomes. So we always have to remember the sanctity of the place of worship where Christians gather to worship. So when I enter a church, I, I, I dress well, firstly, I dress properly. Uh, and secondly, I, I enter it with a spirit uh, with a spirit of reverence, not because it is God's house, because I am God's temple. You are God's temple, but because it's a place of worship, it's dedicated. People have sacrificed for it to build this place for the worship of God. So that's why a church should be kept nice, clean. It has to be kept as a house of worship and anything worldly should be outside it, not inside it. So we have to remember that. And in America, politicians on both sides they use the church as a bully pulpit to to belittle to attack their opponents and all that and and the lord has told me it both sides do it and the lord has told me it is not pleasing unto him it is not pleasing unto him anyway i i, I don't want to get into a, a a political thing but here's the thing you see in the in in the In the temple of Jerusalem, when it came to the outer courts, everybody could come. And then, you know, so people could come there, but nobody could go into the holiest of holies because that's where where, uh, the Ark of the Covenant was. And uh, I mean, that was uh, the place that nobody had access to except the high priest. And he would come with the sacrifice once a year. So when the high priest would enter after, uh, we know, with the sacrifice, the blood of sacrifice, with a rope around his ankle, because and then he used to have like these little bells, you know, attached to his ankle. So the people outside would hear the bells, and he knew that the high priest was still alive. Then it would get quiet for some time when he made his, you know, his uh, uh, his, his presented his offering and his worship to God. And then if the God, if the Lord accepted that sacrifice, the high priest. The sign that the Lord had accepted their sacrifice what, the high, what they could was that they could hear the jingle of the bells again and the high priest would come walking out of the holiest of the holies. And people would worship God that God has accepted our sacrifice. But if God rejected the people's sacrifice, what would happen is that in the holiest of holies, the high priest would be struck down. He would drop dead. And then the people used to you know, that rope that was around his ankle, they used to pull his body out of there. I'm not joking. I'm not making this up. This is what used to happen. Because you see, where God is worshipped is very, very holy. So nobody was ever allowed to enter into the holiest place. Nobody. But look at what it says here. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So... (laughs) The holiest here is not the holiest place in the temple of Jerusalem. Of course, that temple doesn't exist anymore. But the holiest of holies is the presence of God in heaven. And that holiest of holies is far holier than the holiest of holies that was on this earth. Because that which was on the earth was just a, a, a type and a shadow of the realities in heaven. Because in heaven... God is on his throne and uh, it's not the Ark of the Covenant that represents him, but God himself, you know, Elohim. He is on the throne in heaven and uh, Jesus, he made a way by his precious blood. Hallelujah. So because of his precious blood, he has made a way through which people like you and me have the right to enter into the presence of God, Hallelujah! You know, I, let, let me. I'm thinking of a, a a little allegory here. This might be a bit corny, but let me tell you. You know, when I was I was I was young and um, I was just a, a young officer, and my my dad was a general. And boy, when he, because he was the general, everybody kind of trembled in, in fear. Uh, you know, people you couldn't you couldn't just walk into his office. You have to go through proper channels, like a junior officer could not just say, Hey, I want to see the general and walk straight to the general. You couldn't do that. You had to go to your company commander and the battalion commander and the brigade commander. And if they thought you had to see the general, they would let you. So normally junior officers rarely, if ever could come before the general, unless there was a thing in which the general himself wanted to see them. And so, but you know, I was... I was a young officer, but I used to walk straight into his office. I used to walk to his uh, PA and say, Hey, I want to see, uh, I want to see him. And he would just, he would say, he says, sir, your son is here. I say, Oh, send him in. I would go. You know why I could do that? Although I was a young, very junior officer, I could do that because he was my father. You see, he was my dad. So although uh, people much senior to me couldn't see him, I could see him because he was my dad and you know that gives you an edge being the son of the general you can see the general anytime you want to so it's like people want to see God they want to touch God and they don't have access to him most people don't even know who he is and and they say well I believe there is a God but he's somewhere out there and you know he's a or they'll say oh I believe there's a higher being out there but hey I am his son. And I don't say that, oh, I know there's a higher being somewhere out there. Well, I know where he is. Because when I pray, I say, our Father, which art in heaven. So I know that he's in heaven. And I know where his throne is. And those high priests, you know, could only enter that throne room once a year. And that too on their knees, fearing and trembling. But I can enter, and that when I say I, I'm speaking representative of you also, my friend, you and I have the right to enter into the presence, the holiest presence of God anytime. How? Through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So it says, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, that Jesus by shedding his blood has made a way for us to enter, in the holy, into, enter into the holiest place. It says, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil. Because see, there used to be a veil outside the, uh, you know, that separated the holiest of holies from where the people were. And when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that, that veil was torn from top to bottom, like the hand of God tore that veil. So, uh, So now... We can enter through the body, through Christ, uh, through the veil, because Jesus is our high priest and the high priest over the house of God, Jesus. Suddenly we don't have that earthly high priest, Caiaphas or whatever his name was, but we have Jesus. He's our high priest. Hallelujah. And he's our brother. He's our savior. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that he's not ashamed to call us his brethren, so So you can imagine our Father is is God Almighty in the holiest of holies. And the high priest is our big brother. You know, we got family connections there. You can call it nepotism or whatever you like to, but we got family connection. So our big brother, Jesus, he shed his blood upon the cross. And that through the blood, he has given us access, direct access straight to the throne of the Father. And that this way, this access we have is through his blood, is by his blood and through his body. And he is our high priest and says, because we have all this, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Hallelujah. So now that we have this access to the holiest of holies, the Bible says we should draw near. We should, we should actually take advantage of the situation. That's what it says. Don't say, well, yeah, I know I can come into the holiest of holies, but you know, God is so busy talking to other people, listening to their complaints. And my problems aren't as big as other people's, other people. So I I want to, I'll leave him alone, you know, and I'll just go about my life. No, you don't shouldn't do that. He says, let us draw near we should be always drawing near to God. We should always be drawing near to the holiest of holies, entering into the holy place through the power of the blood of Jesus because we have the Father who is on the throne. We have access to the holy place through the blood of Jesus. And not only that, Jesus is our high priest standing before before God, pleading our case. So we should enter Draw near to the holy place and we should be saying, Father, I come to you every single day. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. You just have to say this. If you just say these words, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Boom, you're right there in the presence of God. That's what God wants that. God likes that. God likes it when we draw near to him. Amen. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. God loves it when people who who love him, want to draw near to him, not because they want anything, but just because they want to be close to his throne. So it says that let us draw near, let us take advantage of this cut, blanche we have, the right, the access we have to the throne of God. Let us use it to enter into the holy place in full assurance of faith. You see, faith is very important. That's why we must develop our faith and you know faith is very important. Without faith it is impossible to please God. So we must have this assurance of faith in our hearts. We must live in faith, have this assurance of faith. So the blood of Jesus gives us access to the throne of God and faith is the key through which we get in. So uh, with full assurance of faith and when we I have faith in our hearts. It gives us the assurance that this is where I belong and the Father actually wants me here. He, You know, I'm not an unwelcome and unwanted guest. He wants it. Then he says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and the blood of Jesus, as I said before, the blood of Jesus cleanses our hearts from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So clean throughout, clean physically, clean uh, you know, and says our bodies washed with pure water, and I and and honestly, it it means not you can spiritualize it, but it actually means you know. For me, I would say this: take a bath when you go to church. Don't go to church. Don't don't or not just church. I'm sorry, correct myself. Don't worship God looking like a slob. But be presentable when you enter into the presence of God. When you when you come to God, uh, be you know. Be, be clean, be presentable. So it says, spring, let your heart be sprinkled from an evil conscience and physically being clean. So uh, that, that's what he's talking about. Because in the, in the Hebrew culture, when you entered into the presence of God, physical cleanliness was a very important thing, very important thing. A Jew would never go to a synagogue looking like a hyena. You know, yet I see Christians pay absolutely no regard, no respect for uh, when they worship God. So it's very important how we worship God that you have your with three things. It's a, Firstly, you come to God's presence um, with, uh, with an assurance of faith. That's the number one thing with an assurance of faith. You come with faith in your heart with the assurance. Faith gives you an assurance that I have the right to come into the presence of God and I am coming into the presence of God. And now I'm in the presence of God. That's faith, the assurance of faith. And secondly, sprinkle, have your heart clean from an evil conscience. That means that you live in a a live a life of repentance, live a life of purity, and your heart is clean. So, you know, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. The blood of Jesus cleanses your heart. The blood of Jesus cleanses our soul and our mind and our heart and our bodies washed with pure water and physically. So we come to come to the Lord presented presentable both physically and spiritually and that's what he means. You can spiritualize this bodies washed with pure water. What it means, does it mean, you know, the pure water is the word. But then if the pure water means the word, what does the body mean? You can't take that literally and that figuratively. So you've got to take it for what it is that you come to God. You enter into God's presence wherever you are, even if you're home or you are in church, wherever you enter God's presence, you come to God with a full assurance of faith. Hallelujah. And you come with a pure conscience, having your conscience and your heart cleansed and you come presentable and clean to God and because Jesus has made a way for us to come into God's presence with his precious blood. We, you see, we must appreciate, we must understand what a privilege it is for us to come to God and to say, Father, I come to your presence in the name of Jesus. Believe me, those Jews in the Old Testament couldn't say that because for them god was such a distant figure so just the uh, thought even thinking that uh, god would you know that i can in any way be close to god that was almost like blasphemy for them they couldn't they were not even allowed to pronounce his name but we we'll speak his name and we speak his name in prayer and we come into his presence and, we, and he even embraces us, and he loves us, and he, we call him with such intimacy, call him Abba, Father, and he calls us his sons. And so because, you know, the dynamics are different, we have this access to the presence of God through the blood of Jesus. So the blood of Jesus has given us the right to have fellowship with the Father. Praise God. Through the blood of Jesus, we have fellowship with God and we come in with a pure conscience. And then the final scripture I want to read to you is Ephesians 2.13. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, who were once far away, have been brought near through the blood of Jesus. People like me, you know, in the Old Testament, it was the Jews who were the, who were the Lord's covenant people and everybody else was outside. But now through the blood of Jesus, we who are outsiders, we who are far away, me, a former Muslim, some of you former Hindus or former Buddhists or former atheists or whatever, whatever your background is. And I've got African friends who's Whose, uh, whose families worshipped their ancestors, worshipped demons. But it says, we who were far away, we were outside the commonwealth of Israel. We who were total outsiders, we were heathens. In fact, when the Jews would refer to us, they would refer to us as goyim, which in Hebrew means the heathen. And in fact, privately, they used to refer to us as dogs, you know. But it says that we who were unclean creatures, who were far away, We at one time were far away. We have been brought near through the blood of Jesus. So through the blood of Jesus, we are not far away, but we are near. Now you and I are not far from God. We are near God. And you know, there's a thing I always say, we are, I am nothing without Jesus. It's true. I'm nothing without Jesus. But then I remember I used to say that. And when then one day the Lord said to me, yes, you are right. You are nothing without me. But you're not without me because you are in my heart. You are in me and I will never leave you nor forsake you. So then I began to say, I'm nothing without Jesus, but I'm not without him. I am in Christ. So I'm no longer nothing, but I'm a somebody. I'm a child of the King. I'm a child of God. If I was outside of Christ by myself and Paul said in my flesh is nothing good. If I live after my flesh on my own, did my own thing. Yes, I'm nothing. But I choose to live my life in Christ, in his presence, in his hand. So because of that, I'm no longer nothing. I'm no longer a nobody. I'm loved by the Father. I'm accepted by Father. I have full rights and access to enter into the presence of God. I can come to the presence of God like the high priest could do or anybody Through the blood of Jesus, I can enter the presence of God. I can call him Abba, Father, and I can ask him for anything in his name, and he will do it for me. But I can come into his presence even when I don't want anything, and God says, come, come to my presence. Praise God. We will continue to talk uh, about the next point tomorrow, and remember, the blood of Jesus gives us fellowship with God and access to the presence of God. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray for my brothers and sisters and their homes and their families. Let your hand be upon them, and I speak blessing upon them, Lord. Continue to do your work in their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'll be seeing you tomorrow. God bless you.